When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Acast Recommends. Every week, we pick one of our favourite shows. And this is one we think you're going to love. Hello, I'm Jeff Lloyd, and I recently had a baby with Ed Miliband. A baby podcast, that is. It's a spin-off of our show, Reasons to be Cheerful. It's called Cheerful Book Club, and it's conversations with some of the best writers working in the world today. You'll really enjoy our chats with people like US broadcasting legend Rachel Maddow, literary giant Ian McEwan, and the big short and moneyball author Michael Lewis. Feed your brain with ideas from the Cheerful Book Club. You'll find us on the excellent Acast app or wherever else you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the biggest podcasts from Ireland and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to the Everything is Black and White podcast. I'm Andrew Musgrove here at St James Park after Newcastle United beat Cardiff City 3-0 to get themselves out of the relegation zone. Uh, a very good performance for Newcastle. Join here by Lee Ryder and Mark Douglas and Chris Woff will uh, join in um, very soon. Lee, would you say that's the best performance you've seen at home from Newcastle United this season? Well, the result was the best performance in, in, in that respect. But, you know, you look at... Newcastle really they probably played better in other games and not got anything but today everything just fell into place for them obviously got off to a great start with Fabian Schur's individual goal uh, weaved through great finish just got the place buzzing again um, and then the second goal comes at a great time uh, just puts a bit of daylight between the two teams and after that, I think Cardiff just couldn't get back in the game. And then, you know, Perez just puts a little bit of gloss on the scoreline with a, a very tidy sort of finish towards the end after a good run from Rondon. And it just holds them out of the relegation zone. So performance, not the best I've seen this season, but in terms of, you know, the result and everything that that it means, it ticked a lot of boxes. The result was 3-0, looks good on paper, Newcastle, probably the stats also, obviously that the relegation zone, but do we need a bit of reality, because no disrespect to Cardiff, but they, they just weren't very good today. No, I think they're down at the, the wrong end of the table uh, for a reason, that they've been inconsistent all year, but then Newcastle aren't you know, too far ahead of them now, and they were obviously below them before the game. You look at that game back in August, what Newcastle should have won with the, the penalty miss, uh, and you know when the dust settles, you've taken four points from six from a relegation rival. If Newcastle can do something like that with everybody else in that bottom six, then they've got a great chance of survival. Obviously, we want to be aiming higher, but things uh, things aren't right behind the scenes, uh, and that that has a big impact. But today was about getting the three points. They've gone out there and done it. The players are in a great mood. Um, if anyone did question if they were playing for the manager or not, then I think that they got their answer today. It was a huge test of character because coming in this game, Newcastle had the, the joint worst uh, home record across all top four divisions yeah. in England. They were one defeat away from having their worst start to a top flight uh, campaign. They win the relegation zone. Yeah. Um, and then to top it all off, you had the news about Ashley potentially bringing the club off the market. Yeah. They still haven't signed anyone. 
in the transfer market. So everything that was kind of painting a negative picture was there. Yeah. And it really did take a test of character of these players to step up and, and, and get the three points. Yeah, I mean, you know, those sort of statistics start to get wheeled out, don't they, when you go so long without winning Newcastle five Premier League games without a victory until today. Uh, they got it, but, you know, Obviously, they had the cup win as well, didn't they, in the week? So, when you look at this week on its own, it's, it's been a good week, you know, seven goals through to the next round of the cup, three points out the relegation zone. A lot of the injuries coming back now. Um, you know, this team can get better as well with, with the players that are currently out. They can come back from the treatment room. And then, really, you know, it, it should be just down to the people behind the scenes now to add two or three sign ins in the last 10 days of the window. You, you can be as optimistic or as pessimistic about that as you want because you know Newcastle in the past have been really disappointing um, especially in the January window especially under Rafa so we'll have to wait and see what happens with that I'm sure he'll be pushing behind the scenes um, but you know as far as he's concerned he continues to, to get that miracle work done um, Now I know I'm sure Longstaff is someone you followed throughout his kind of time at Newcastle Again today, I mean, he had a, he had a fantastic game. He was wanting the ball at every up every chance. He was the passes. He was uh, you know, spraying left, right, and centre were, were brilliant. Is there a case um, that if you know, say if Shelby's fit next weekend, that you, you still play uh, Sean Longstaff? Has he made that centre midfield position his own? Um, I'm not hundred percent sure that he will get that opportunity. Um, does he deserve it? One hundred percent. He would be the first name, you know, in the midfield for me on the team sheet because he's got that youth about him. He's got that energy about him. He brings so much to the team in terms of his passing, his work rate. He's got a goal in him. He's got an assist in him. Uh, he wins aerial balls. For me, he's got everything you need in a midfielder. Uh, whether he will maintain his position is down to whether Rafa sees fit to play him ahead of one of the senior guys. I mean, it's not just Shelby we're talking about, it's Diarmé as well. Had Diarmé been fit today, he might not have even been in the starting eleven, and that would have been disappointing for him, but he's come a, a long way in a short space of time. I think, you know, next week he'll be playing against Watford, no doubt, and then after that, it's a, certainly a big call against Man City to throw him in, but he's doing fantastic, and again, as you say, had a great performance today. Two goals for Fabian Cher. Um, I mean, the first one was a very good goal, kind of strolls 25, 30 yards. Probably you could argue there should have been a tackle in there, and then you probably argue that Nias should have probably just nicked him and, and taken one for the team. But nonetheless, a superb finish. Gets a second, um, but also a brilliant defensive display as well. There was a the tackle um, when Newcastle went 2 0 up just after that, where he stopped the ball going in the box when Cardiff were throwing everything at Newcastle. Um, does that prove that there are bargains to be had out there? Well, yeah, I mean, it took Newcastle, uh, the powers that be, it took them long enough to get that deal done. It was a very easy deal, three million release clause, and Newcastle were hummed and hard over paying the three million for them. But, you know, if Newcastle stay up, then those two goals today could well prove the turning point in the bid for survival, and that three million pound is, is suddenly worth every penny. Uh, I spoke to him just then down in the mix zone and you know I asked him I said did you have that in your head that you were going to score that goal when you picked it up so far out and he said you know he said you I just wanted to do something with it and make you know something happen he certainly did that um you know the closer he got you were, you know egging him on to have that shot he'd done it in the end and uh, it was a great finish and I, I liked the celebration as well when he ran over the corner and pull the corner flag out. I think that's the passion the Geordies want to see. Been learning things off Matt Ritchie. Yeah. Um, and just a final word from yourself on Florian Lejeune. He's come back, 
remarkably quickly from what was a, a kind of a potentially a season-ending uh, injury, mm. come back quicker than anyone's really expected, slotted straight back in, and the formation that Benitez is seemingly wants to play with the three centre-backs at the yeah. back, it's really made for someone like Lejeune who can pick a pass and he's got real quality on the ball. Yeah, he has, and you know he does all the defensive stuff that you would expect, the clearances, the interceptions, but you know I think he had the most passes today in the whole team, and he's just such a... He reads the game so well, and he's so calm, and he brings that tranquility to you know Newcastle down the airs. The defence has always had that reputation of having a dodgy defence, you know, flying forward. But he is you know a player that really fits in well here. Uh, he's he's in there on merit after coming back from an injury, and you know if he stays fit, then you would expect him to be in one of the first names on the team sheet uh, until the end of the season. Now joined by. Chris Wolfmachtelis is imminent. Chris, um, a word on Salomon Rondon, who, for me, every week he, he seems to play, he kind of vindicates Rafa Benitez and the battle that the manager went through to, to get him signed, even if it is just on loan. Today, absolutely brilliant. I mean, everything he wanted, everything he went to win, he did it. Yeah, I don't think Salomon Rondon's ever going to be prolific in the sense that he's not going to be Alan Shearer sort of levels of goal scoring, but what he does bring to let's be honest, a quite limited Newcastle United team, is a focal point up front. He occupies defenders. I thought that Cardiff centre-backs didn't have a clue how to deal with him today. Um, he just holds the ball up, brings his teammates into play, uh, just just puts himself about, really just gives gives the opposition something to really think about. And uh, He's a perfect rapper, Benitez type of player, just because he works so hard. He does exactly what Benitez wants from him. And it's obvious now why Benitez wanted him last summer. It was an expensive deal, which is why the club, for 29-year-old, why the club didn't sign him permanently. They had to do a, a quite bespoke loan deal to get him out, uh, to get Dwight Gale out, because that was the only way that Rondon would come in. But uh, I think he, he has been vindicated in that regard because performances like this uh, have helped Newcastle make sure that, that they are currently outside the bottom three, albeit only just. Yeah, I got the assist for the Perez goal. I mean, it was brilliant. A brilliant counter-attacking goal. Uh, Scissors got the defender a bit confused and a superb cross because many... Strikers may have tried to go from goal from where he was. He wasn't totally out of the picture, but he decided that he'd, he'd cross it over and, and it was a beautiful cross. Good decision-making. It was good decision-making, which is not something we've been able to say about Newcastle United in the final third here at St James's Park, particularly often this season. But uh, very good team goal in general. I thought that the build-up play was very good. Mancure, uh, sorry, yeah, Mancure was overlapping because that's who had flicked it through, but Rondon took the ball. He, he took control of the situation, got to the byline, crossed it in an easy easy finish for Perez so yeah it was a very good goal and, and rounded off what was a quite a comfortable but very good victory for Newcastle yeah, Mark was that Newcastle United at their best when they wanted to play a counter-attack in football because we saw not just a couple of the goals but generally when they hit Cardiff on the counter it was it was fast flowing it was entertaining to watch and is that what Benitez has been trying to achieve all this season um, I think I think to be fair it wasn't just counter-attack today I think they controlled the midfield really really well probably the best they've played in terms of controlling the game all all season um i think you know once again the result sort of changes the narrative of the game a little bit and i think neil warnock although some of this what he said after the game wasn't right i think he was correct in that it was edgy for you know a good 25 minutes it it didn't it wasn't like it was the perfect performance for 90 because i think it it could have gone either way they didn't look like they were going to concede i didn't think but they didn't necessarily look like they were going to score until Shaw came came up with the goods and 
sometimes it just takes that little bit of quality. But I think, you know, generally they, they broke really well. Richie was excellent today. It's probably his best performance for, for quite some time. And he's actually had quite a good, good spell of games. Um, actually, was a little bit in and out, but his pace stretched Cardiff and Rondon was, was excellent up front. So it was, you know, I, I think it puts into context Newcastle's, um, what Newcastle have to do to stay up this season. They've got to beat teams like Cardiff and, and they did it quite easily today. I think they had that bit of quality. If they can just bring in one or two extra players to really give them options, then, you know, I, I think that they should be okay, but it could get a bit grim again in the next few weeks. They've got some really difficult games to come. Do you, do you think they're going to be bringing in options? I th- yeah, I think they will. Um, I know I've said that a few times. I, I do think that the players will come. Um, there's, what, two weeks to go now, just under. Um, not a lot of deals have been done so far in this transfer window, so let's not let's not think that everybody else around them is doing doing deals. Neil Warnock said there that they're close to bringing the, the guy in from Nantes, but they, they signed Omar Niasse on loan. I mean, he was pretty much nondescript today, didn't do much. I think Newcastle fans would be desperate for a player like that to come in. A lot of the deals will be done, I think, in the last week of the, the window. Um, it's not, as we understand it, that, that there's no funds available. It's more these kind of running battles over policy and targets and things, which I think Chris wrote a really good piece about on Thursday. But I do think that it will be solved in the next few weeks. I think players are being put into Newcastle now. And I think Rafa is kind of probably coming around to the idea that, look, I'll have to start kind of changing. I think at the moment he's saying it's Almiron and one left back is, is what he said. Um, and then maybe maybe some others. But I think he will have to come to the table. Newcastle will have to bend as well. And they probably will, I think. You know, you saw it at the end of the last transfer window, that, which was poor for Newcastle, that they ended up signing Fernandez, who was not somebody that maybe a week before they would have signed, but they did end up signing him. Um, and it's also, interestingly, you know, I think they're probably looking at a midfielder or thought they maybe needed to bring in a midfielder, but Sean Longstaff's been so excellent in the last few weeks that they might think, actually, do we, do we need to? I wouldn't want to see anybody blocking his route into the team, to be honest, because I tell you, you know, he's taken his chance. Yeah, that good performance today for Longstaff. Interestingly, the defence, Mark mentioned there, Fernandez he missed out today because of a virus, but you had Lascelles, Lejeune and Cher, and all three of them played very well. I mean, doom and gloom, lack of transfers, lack of a takeover, but Benitez has a very positive uh, centre-back uh, dilemma and we can't forget Kieran Clark either Well it's been the one position where Newcastle have had strength and depth all season ever since uh, Fernandes came in and we knew once Lejeune came back they would have options and I liked the balance today what I really liked about it was you had Cher and Lejeune either side two players who were quite happy to, to advance with the ball which is what we saw for, for Cher's goal and also played out from the back and it meant that Lascelles just got to focus on just being a leader at the back controlling uh, making sure he's the eyes and ears and, and I like that combination when Lascelles doesn't have to play football when he isn't expected to, to be in possession I think he does very well and the, those three I like that blend and I think that because a lot of people when they saw three at the back before the game or when I tweeted out those three there was a lot of negative re- responses but I think with Lejeune and Cher it's different if you've got say Clark, Fernandez, and Lascelles who aren't as good ball players you actually it is almost perversely a quite attacking team because if you saw first 20 minutes in particular Yedlin and Richie as well it was essentially 3-4-3 they were so far advanced so maybe they may have stumbled across a way forward that, that could start succeeding on Tainside because they're going to have to against these teams who come and sit against them This is Acast Recommends 
Every week, we pick one of our favourite shows. And this is one we think you're going to love. Hello, I'm Jeff Lloyd, and I recently had a baby with Ed Miliband. A baby podcast, that is. It's a spin-off of our show, Reasons to be Cheerful. It's called Cheerful Book Club, and it's conversations with some of the best writers working in the world today. You'll really enjoy our chats with people like US broadcasting legend Rachel Maddow, literary giant Ian McEwan, and the big short and moneyball author Michael Lewis. Feed your brain with ideas from the Cheerful Book Club. You'll find us on the excellent Acast app or wherever else you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the biggest podcasts from Ireland and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. Just before I spoke to you about today's kind of takeover news, you're going to make a public apology to Bruce Newcastle's Matthew Raysbeck? I will indeed, yeah. I said before the game he, he predicted 3-1 Newcastle and I said there was no way I could see Newcastle scoring three goals at St James's Park in one game since they only showed seven. Won 3-0 quite comfortably and I'm, I'm, quite, I'm quite glad to eat humble pie. I'm quite happy to do so because... Uh, this was a this was huge for Newcastle today, and it was it was surreal to actually see them win a game quite comfortably. That's how modest Matthew is back as he didn't even take the mick out of you for, for putting him down for that prediction. Mark, obviously the news broke uh, yesterday, reporting that Dennis Wise was maybe back on the fold today. That the takeover looks all but over. Um, it's never born off the field, is it? No, I, I think the Dennis Wise thing for me is a bit of a red herring um, to an extent. I, I don't think he's. I mean. He's not had conversations with Lee Charnley. He's not involved with Rafa Benitez. It was the second item in the Times' diary column. Look, if, if, if Dennis Wise is back with influence at Newcastle United and that's a confident, a confident story, then that, that's on the back page. And I don't think, to be fair to the guy who wrote it, I, I don't think that's what he was saying at all. So, you know, look, we're, we live in very sort of, you know, tense and fraught times on Tyneside. So I understand why people felt... You know that that story was looked bad, but for me, it's you know more for Mike Ashley if he's listening to Dennis Wise again because Dennis Wise, when he was here, caused problems for the football club because of the way that um, the way that the, the relationship between him and Kevin Keegan it ended up causing problems for Newcastle because they ended up having an employment tribunal which was very damaging for Mike Ashley. I don't think they've ever really um, regained any form of trust from that, and Kevin Keegan obviously went went over that old ground. Um, for his autobiography this year so if that's the case more for Mike Ashley he should be listening to people who really do know football rather than Dennis Wise and his, his ilk he's also banned I think he's, he's barred me off Twitter quite a few of us I think probably um, not not um, not not in communication with Dennis Wise I mean last his last big job was on I'm a celebrity get me out of here you know that's the last time he, he was he was involved with anything he's not been involved with football for a long time so as I said more for Mike Ashley on the takeover I don't think it will come as a massive surprise to a lot of Newcastle United fans. Um, Peter Kenyon, I think what's interesting is that uh, on this occasion, I think that Mike Ashley coming back to the games has really been a, a reflection of how serious he, he thinks the Kenyon thing is. When he moved away, we're told that that was because he felt that, that something was imminent. Uh, interestingly, before Christmas, there'd been so much due diligence done and so much money spent by both Ashley and by Kenyon in terms of accountants and lawyers uh, because he had obviously got Rockefeller Capital. I think he's, he's, uh, he's engaged with, he's got the law firm Walker Morris as well and some accountants as well. So I think there's almost been seven figures spent in terms of getting the club ready to be sold in terms of due diligence. That's from both Ashley and Kenyon in the last 
sort of month or two. Um, so it was a real feeling before Christmas here, uh, sorry, at St James Park, here within the walls of power here, that there was an imminent change of ownership happening. Now, that became pretty apparent, I think, around the time of the letter that was that, would, that emerged. I think that was the point at which people started to doubt it because Kenyon didn't hadn't got the funds. Subsequently, I've been told today that there was a you know the configuration of the deal that that Kenyon was proposing looks to me very you know it 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 looked a, a long shot because he he'd only raised a fraction of the sort of three hundred million price tag. Um, and then he was also he was looking to raise extra funds and then look to be paying chunks of money back every year. So I, I've got to be honest, I'm not I'm not heartbroken that the Kenyan that Kenyan isn't going to be the next owner if that if that is the case because I'm not convinced that he was that his plan and him and he himself when you look at his background and his history were necessarily going to be the answer here. I am really disappointed that it means probably for the time being that Mike Ashley is going to still be here because I don't think that anything positive can come from Mike Ashley being here. But what he needs to do, if he's saying that he can't sell it for the price that he's got, we need to know what what is going to happen with Newcastle United. We need What he needs to do is he needs to get Rafa Benitez to sign up to a long-term project here that's what he needs to do and in order to do that they've got to change the people at the top of the football club have to change their view uh, the problem is at the moment we don't see any any chance of that happening I mean you saw today the third goal goes in and the first chant is get out of our club and that's because people are people don't trust Mike Ashley they don't believe Mike, anything Mike Ashley says or anything that comes from his camp that is a major problem for this football club and you know, they didn't believe the whole takeover saga. We've been reporting the ins and outs of that takeover saga. I don't think we've ever really... I don't think, to be honest, I've ever really been convinced that it's imminent. There was a, that flurry of activity before Christmas made me feel it was different. And I think the amount of money that's been spent on due diligence made me feel it was different. Um, I think a lot of money will have been wasted if it hasn't happened. Um, but, it, you know, it... The problem is that they have a massive credibility problem and the only way they can solve that is by getting Rafa Benitez to sign up to another contract and by backing him. That is that is the only way they can do it. And in the meantime, I think really the only thing that Mike Ashley can do is provide some funds. I think the funds are there. That's what I think. I do think that the funds are there. I think it's about policy at the moment and not wanting to sign the kind of players that Rafa wants. And that that's a major problem. Mike Ashley has to set out what he wants from this football club because I think a lot of fans have said 31st of January is the deadline for renewing their season ticket and a lot of fans are talking about not um, not renewing their season ticket now we've heard that before and the crowds have held up pretty well but this does feel a little bit different like I said about the takeover this feels different it feels like people are fed up with what's happening at this football club at the moment so you know I think not a massive surprise at I'm not sure yet whether he's going to take it off the market um, because there are other groups who've expressed interest that that interest has waned because of the club's perilous position in the Premier League. But why would you buy a Premier? Why would you buy the club now um, with the position it's in? With you know, ten days, eleven, or have two weeks left of the transfer window, you can't affect anything. So the club is not going to be taken over um, this side of the summer, in my opinion. Now, Um, I've been thinking that for 
a couple of weeks really the Kenyan letter was the only thing that made me think oh maybe they still they still want this but I think what we've seen now is that that Kenyan letter was more of an attempt by Mike Ashley to say to fans look this is what this guy is promising me I you know I'm waiting for him to to turn up the goods he's, he's trying to say this isn't make-believe I'm not making it up here's the proof and that's what they were trying to do with that letter um so now up to Kenyan really to prove himself that he has got the money or that he has got the thing but I don't think he's got the, the funds I don't think he can and I think he'll come out of it with credibility lessened um and everybody comes out of it damaged I think it's it's a epic waste of time isn't it again an epic waste of bre- an epic waste of energy on something that has not come through and I think the next time something comes up like this people will be even more skeptical so you know deep breath we go again and we'll just have to see what the club come up with but um off the field things are just floating aren't they that's the problem well certainly chris i mean your your take on on that i mean you agree with largely what mark mark says i do yeah there's not really much i, I can add to what mark said there i found mike ashley's presence here today interesting i thought it created a surreal sort of atmosphere. I mean, everything about today's game was was pretty surreal. Newcastle winning at St James's Park, winning comfortably, but also it was the fans really supported the team. But at the same time, there was also intermittent chants against Mike Ashley. The, the Perez goal. There was this immediate celebration, immediate cheers for about thirty seconds, and then all of a sudden it, it turned into chance against Mike Ashley but the last three times Mike Ashley's been at St James's Park Newcastle have won there's something bizarre about the fact that when he turns up they're actually at the moment uh, playing better I know that that's, that's two months apart but do you, do you worry that Ashley will be looking at this result and saying well look won 3-0 he, well? he knows so little about football <laughs> that you would th- you might think that because he's he's been shown sorry Chris I've just no, I've he knows so little about football and that's not that's not meant to be an insult it's it's just a fact. He doesn't, you know. Alan Pardew said it, didn't he? he? Nearly got nearly got fired for saying it on Sky, but it's true. He doesn't know anything about the way that football, the way that a dressing room runs, the way that a training ground should be run, and all that. So he doesn't know anything about it. So it's not beyond the realms of possibility that he will go. Well, what do you need? Like the team have beat Cardiff, but the fact is that they do need they do need things because they need they're going to need to pick up results against teams that. You know, in and in and around, you know, who are higher than them at the moment because um, they need they need a bit more quality. They they need a bit more quality. But my, you you never know. I mean, you had Barnes and Bishop there next to him. Neither of them know anything about football. They don't. You know, in the same way that um, you know they never had any. They've not got no professional football club experience. There's nobody here who knows more about football than Rafa Benitez. So they need to start listening to him. Yeah, that that is a concern, and particularly because. Cardiff for a one-off because that was up there with the single worst performances I've seen by a top-flight team at St James's Park by Cardiff today. They were absolutely terrible. Don't, I'm not trying to take anything away from Newcastle, but Cardiff barely offered a sniff, and they they look like they will go down. Um, Newcastle are only just two points ahead of them, which tells you all of the problems Newcastle have themselves. And hopefully he recognises that rather than just basing it on one performance against a very poor team, and, and recognises that Newcastle have only won three games at home all season. They need to win at least four more if they're going to survive I would say sorry just the one thing I would say that there's a real positive coming out of today is when you actually look at the league table now um, Fulham I know have got a, a big game coming up I'm not sure who, they, who they're they playing they play against uh, I, have seen, I saw this earlier Spurs Spurs so 
potentially Fulham are so Huddersfield play Man City on Monday and they're now 10 points behind Newcastle so that's a massive massive gap for them to 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 haul themselves out of Fulham could potentially be seven points shy of Newcastle so that's two wins they've got to get three wins potentially they've got to go over Newcastle so and there's I think six teams all within about three points isn't there three or four points now including Cardiff as well so Newcastle need will probably need to finish if you look at it now, um, in the top five of a six-team mini-league in the bottom, well, that's how big this win is because it, it takes them away from two teams at the bottom. Huddersfield, I think, are probably gone now. Looking like it, isn't it? Um, so then it's Fulham who are looking in big trouble now as well. Seven points is a lot at this stage of the season. Um, and then it is, and then it is, you know, a lot of teams in the, in the mix as well who, New, who Newcastle have to play, and they still got to play Fulham and, and Huddersfield as well, um, Huddersfield at home. So it's starting to look a bit better, and hopefully that will encourage more players to want to come here, and it might also encourage uh, Rafa to start sort of thinking about next season as well. But um, you know, it does it does look much much better in terms of the Premier League table for this win. It's amazing what one win can do. Thank you very much for joining us. If you head over to chroniclelive.co.uk, keep up to date with all the latest Newcastle Night news, including all the reaction from this afternoon's game. Thank you very much. This is Acast Recommends. Every week, we pick one of our favourite shows. And this is one we think you're going to love. Hello, I'm Jeff Lloyd, and I recently had a baby with Ed Miliband. A baby podcast, that is. It's a spin-off of our show, Reasons to be Cheerful. It's called Cheerful Book Club, and it's conversations with some of the best writers working in the world today. You'll really enjoy our chats with people like US broadcasting legend Rachel Maddow, literary giant Ian McEwan, and the big short and moneyball author Michael Lewis. Feed your brain with ideas from the Cheerful Book Club. You'll find us on the excellent Acast app or wherever else you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the biggest podcasts from Ireland and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via Acast or wherever you get your podcasts.